There are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. There's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. Salty, anything to anything to add to that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking. I'm not with it today, boys. I, and I was just started reading something. Uh, I'm I'm salty. Oh, sorry, I, I, we're not keeping you, are we? Oh, you know, always you always are. But like, all oh, you keep always. me from is sitting around in a fucking daze. So, sorry, can we do it again? No, welcome. Keep this in. <laughs> Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name's Luke. I'm Salt. Hey. Hi, I'm, I'm Cam. Sorry about that, guys. No need to apologize. I get distracted all the time. Yeah. I'd be hypocritical if I blamed you for that. What are we talking about, Cam? We've got a fun one today. Not really. No. That was a little, that was a little psych out. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking about the shooting in Queensland, which is quickly entering... The annals of Australian conspiracy theories is like the new Port Arthur, mm. which is ironic because the one of the people that perpetrated the murders in Queensland is a Port Arthur truther. And so I don't think he ever expected that one day he would be the person people are saying, no, that guy's not real. Uh, <laughs> it was all a setup. The, it all came full circle for him. I, I feel like we've talked about this before, how... When someone finally does what all these cookers are talking about doing, everyone turns on and says, ah, oh, it's a false flag. That that person's really a narc. <laughs> they're never the hero that they think they're going to be. No. And that should be, I don't know, maybe we need to tell them all that. Hey, look at everyone else. You think they're a narc? That's going to be you. Anyway, what happened? So last week in the... Uh the Weambilla area, which is out near Chinchilla in Queensland. Uh, did you have any idea where any of those places are, Robbo? Yeah, actually, <laughs> why did I ask you? I'm like, let's, let's ask the, the New Zealand person if they know where Weambilla is. Salty, uh, have you ever been out that way? Yeah, it's, in- it's, it's inland yeah. from Brisbane and that. Have you ever been out that way? Uh, what's, what, what's the mainest town that it's near? Is it out near Toowoomba? It's out near Tara. Oh, I mean, I've probably been out that way. I would have been out that way at some point. I did a bit of bit of driving around Queensland. I'll tell you, it's you know, two and a bit hours west of Toowoomba. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Anthony Condamine. Right. Yeah. I see. I don't think I went out that far, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of weird. I've spoken to a few people from Queensland, and I guess a lot of Queenslanders, like a lot of Queenslanders that we would know, are just from like Brisbane or the Gold Coast or whatever. Yeah. And there's like that whole world, just very shortly west of Brisbane that no one goes to. Yeah. It, yeah. A lot of people, Queensland is the the southeast corner, and and that's basically it. So there like were, a gigantic quarter of the entire country rest left of Queensland that is actually a place as well. So what happened is there was a guy called Nathaniel Train. He's from New South Wales. He's an ex-principal. He's gone missing or he's been reported missing by his ex-wife. He's sort of stopped communicating with his family. So they've gotten a bit concerned. They've put in a missing persons report. The police in New South Wales have sent a message to police in Queensland. We've got this missing person. Uh, his brother lives in Queensland. Could you guys go check it out? So four cops have gone out to this property, which is owned by Gareth Train and Stacey Train, who Gareth is the brother of Nathaniel. Uh, they've gone to check out this missing persons report to see if he's hanging out there or if Gareth knows where he is. When they've gotten there, they've discovered that uh, Gareth and Nathaniel and Stacey are waiting for them with rifles. They've ambushed them. Uh, two of the cops are shot straight there. Uh, they've shot one of the other cops who's gotten away in a car, and the fourth cop has gotten away into the bush. So they have gone over to the cops that they shot dead or have wounded significantly. They took their pistols off them and executed them, and then they've set the bush on fire to try and flush out the other cop. At some point, their next-door neighbour from up the road has heard shooting, has seen uh, that they set a, one of the cop cars on fire, so they've come to check out what's going on. They've got into the front gate of the property, and then they've been shot in the back uh, by a rifle as well. And then uh, a siege ensues when highly trained cert cops have rocked up to the house, and eventually everyone in the house is shot dead. So that's what happened. Jesus. Why are we talking about it? So, uh, like, I, like I said before, it's uh, it's become the new Port Arthur uh, because, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that this would have become a conspiracy theory thing anyway, even if it was just like, you know, they were on meth and it was like a bit of a, a shootout or whatever. Mm. But the conspiracy community has really taken this one hard because the people at this house were conspiracy theorists. Uh, they were anti-vaxxers, and uh, they had some pretty interesting ideas about the way the world worked and some slightly out there religious views. And so the conspiracy theory world is saying not only is this like – they're sort of split. They're saying, you know, this is like an attack on conspiracy theorists, like they've gone and they've killed our guys, or they're saying – this is all a setup to make us look bad. They've gone and killed some random people, <laughs> and now they're saying they're conspiracy theorists. And some of them are saying all of this at the same time, which gets a little confusing. <laughs> it is one of the you try and, some of the conspiracy theory threads you try and hold on to when you're watching videos and listening to things. And yeah, you're just like, oh, hang on, all of the things you're saying refute everything else you're saying. Um. It did seem to me that, or what I my brief research into this, uh, Gareth was um, claimed or talked about re-education camps. Um, he thought he was being gang stalked. Mm. He thought they were sending drones out to gang stalk him. 
Um, I don't think he was calling it gang stalking. Uh, and yeah, and, and being anti vaxxers as well was was a, a key part of it. Kind of a grab bag of of all the hits, really. Yeah, they they seem to they've been described in the media a lot as like sovereign citizens. And I think they'd been so Gareth was sort of hanging around sovereign citizen forums, but I don't know. Like he seemed to be a bit of a prickly pear. And there's a few like conversations where he's like having a go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, you say that. Are you laughing at that at that understatement? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's this guy accused of, of pretty heinous crimes. Uh, bit of a bit of a prickle pear that one. He <laughs> was a bit. Of, he did don't seem wanna, to don't be. Don't want to talk to him before he's had his coffee. He did seem to be a bit of a prickly pear, though. And so he's on these softset forums and sort of like having a go at the, the like softset influencers who are running the forums. Uh, but he did seem to also be sort of into it. So mm. I think it's fair to say that he was a sovereign citizen, but I, I don't know if this was like a um, necessarily a sovereign citizen thing, besides the fact that they felt that like any cop coming onto their property had forfeited the right to life, which is. I guess you could say an extreme sovereign citizen viewpoint. Yeah, that's a bit of a leap in logic. It's sort of an advanced mode, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of the end point of the logic, right? If you're saying that uh, you know you're so sovereign that you, that your property is completely sovereign, that anyone coming onto it without your permission is committing, you know, an act of war, mm-hmm. invading it, then the logical conclusion is that. You can you're allowed to do whatever to that person, which is what they sort of then meted out. Where I think that they lose the moral high ground is that they also killed their next door neighbour who didn't cross into their property. And you might also say that if their problem was with the police, they lose some of the moral high ground doing that as well. But then again, you could also say they lose the moral high ground when they commit a bunch of murders. Mm. I, <laughs> I don't think... You know, what you're saying is you're sort of implying they had the moral high ground in no. some way at all, but no. they never did. But in, <laughs> no. their, in, in their minds, they did. So in their minds, you know, killing killing people that come onto their property is just they've still got the moral high ground. Yeah, in in their minds is what I mean. Yeah. Oh, guys, a little cat just walked up to my door. Hello. What's this cat situation? Is it a cat you know? Yeah, it's the cat from next door. And it just sometimes it just walks into the house. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's fucked. I would hate that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're allergic to cats. I fucking hate every second of that. I would hate it even being at my door. But he's, really? uh, he's <laughs> sort of been let loose, and now it's like when I if I would ever let him walk into the house, I'd, I would set some clear boundaries. But somebody else has let him walk in, and now he's gone rogue. What is he doing that's not crossing your what your boundaries would be? I don't. I don't know if we know where he is. Oh wait, hey, he's walked in now. He's what? He's in the house. He's oh he's, right. He, he just ran past me. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's but go back to something Some fun. Traps out, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good look, have a little release valve there. So yeah, in hey, the, that cat just encroached on your fucking sovereign <laughs> land, Cam. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, God, that could have been a real dark metaphor that Cam was building up to. <laughs> Right. Do you need to go take care of this cat situation, Cam? I think I think he's about to walk out. He won't move. Hang on. Let me just sort this out, guys. Jesus. Fucking cats. They just play by their own rules, Salty. I don't know why, yeah. you, why you're why you not into that. Nah. They're loose cannons, mate. 
Exactly. The uh, our cat isn't allowed outside. I didn't think you were allowed to let cats outside at all. I thought that depends was the law. On, no, it depends on the council. Overnight, um, particularly, I think maybe where Cam is, you're probably not allowed him to let the cat out after dark, right? Or, or once it starts getting. But then are people like, well, oh, they fucking play by their own rules. If it doesn't come back before dark, nothing I can do about it. Um, no, you got to you got to have the local it. wildlife. A, a responsible cat owner should have a system. So, like, we would at dinner time, we would have the the close the door one way. So the cat could get in, but it couldn't get out. But then he figured out how to get out. So we came home one night. <laughs> we, we set it to one way, could put some food out, came home one night. The food was gone. Then he'd bloody, he'd busted free. He realized if he got his little paw under it, he could flick it up and shoot out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a cheeky little cat. And now his mate's in the backyard as well. <laughs> you got a whole cat party. A cat party going on out there. All right. So, yeah, in their minds, they had the moral high ground. Mm. So, yeah, we've we've learned a lot of weird stuff about these three people, uh, and I think that part of this is not the fault of anyone, but part of what is driving the conspiracy theories is that we've sort of part of what's been driving the conspiracy theories is we've sort of been drip fed this information. I think that it's a um a consequence of just. The, the way reporting works, the way, you know, you could say we're being drip-fed the information to to let a narrative form, or you could say we're being drip-fed information because people find out information uh, as time passes <laughs> and then they report it. But we've been finding every day there's been sort of another revelation about this group of people that have committed the crime. So initially we discovered that, you know, uh, Nathaniel is an ex-principal that he's like this really well-liked guy, you know, great to be around. There's photos of him with like Christmas baubles hanging off his uh, his beard. And the sort of reporting was like, what? how did this guy go from being beloved principal to cold-blooded killer? And there was a, 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 there was a bit of pushback in, the me- in uh, social media as well to that reporting because it's like, you know, when a Muslim guy kills a bunch of people. There's never any story like, oh, he was such a, a great bloke. Here's, the, you know, the most lovely photo of him <laughs> looking like the jolliest Santa Claus sort of thing. Hmm. Then <laughs> what we sort of discover next is that uh, some people had the view of him that he was like the beloved school principal and other people had a sort of a view of him that he was a psychopath. And uh, both of the brothers had a i would say the yelp reviews from past students were pretty on the nose just fucked in the head basically right so yeah so the one of the things i saw was all the media was running with that quite hard early on you know he was a he was a school teacher how did the school teacher end up so cooked you know school teachers they're beloved but what you're saying he certainly wasn't beloved at all no and so the the weird thing was that, like, you'd see in the media, you know, how could a, a principal or a teacher, you know, go bad like this? Every person I spoke to who went to, like, school in Queensland was like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any of my teachers went on a killing spree. Like, I don't <laughs> know. tormented teachers, eh? <laughs> like, every school, school anywhere just tormented the teachers. For a start, 
Well, they torment us, Robbo. Yeah, but like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, certainly not saying that 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 triggered him. Like, but I had a lot of awful teachers that, yeah, absolutely, I could imagine shooting up, shooting something <laughs> up. But also, like, we made, you know, teachers were crying pretty regularly in my school, anyway. Yeah, same. Yeah, and like looking back, it's like, oh, fuck that, that sucks. Mm. I think at the time I might have had a little bit bad, but certainly now as I'm older, it's like, geez. I was I was just recalling the other day, actually, <clears throat> a time when I was walking down the hallway and just heard from a classroom this really loud smashing noise. And then the teacher just came out and she was bawling her eyes out and she sprinted off to the staff room. <laughs> and it's just like, cause, just because the kids were being absolute pricks. What was the smashing noise, you know? Uh, she threw like a clipboard against the blackboard. Oof. Ditched it. <laughs> yeah, I guess the uh, the consequences of treating children like convicted prisoners yeah. is that sometimes there's going to be a prison riot. Mm. Nah, there was definitely teachers that little body bootlicker robo. There's definitely teachers that did not deserve. There's certainly teachers that did deserve it. Yeah. Um, absolutely, teachers. One of them like tried to friend me on Facebook when I first got on there, and he was like a real practical <laughs> like, and then i was looking he's got all these like like you know like trying to be a cool like old dude now it's yeah. like nah nah not you sorry yeah i'm friends so, with a couple um, of my old teachers on facebook they so, were the all right ones <laughs> yeah did you ever tell the story salty on the podcast of the time that you messaged one of your old teachers on facebook did i talk about it on the podcast i can't remember I think you did, but can you, i'd like a summary because i remember enjoying it uh, yeah, because we used to have a thing at school called Marble Season, which is like a time of the year where everyone just inexplicitly started playing marbles and gambling like little fucking carnival folk, um, screaming out like what you can win and what the gamble was and all this kind of stuff. It was insane, and, and it just popped up once a year randomly, and I never understood how or why or how it was organized. I assumed it was the teachers and the parents or something, but... It was just weird because then because I never had marbles, but then all of a sudden I had marbles, and it's like, well, my, I guess my parents bought me marbles, but how did they know that like it was marble season? And some kids would come to school with huge amounts of marbles. Anyway, um, I found one of my old teachers on Facebook and sent him a message, and just was like, how did I put it? I put it in a real way that sounded really sus, <laughs> like, hey, you were my teacher at primary school. I've got some questions that I need answered. That <laughs> 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 have been like. There is me no for, the, for my whole life, and he was like, uh, it "Depends on what the question is." <laughs> and he was really like weirdly vague about it. it you funny. should have sent that right at like ten thirty at night, and then just left him on red and not <laughs> replied the next day. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty funny. I'm sure he was just like, "Uh oh, <laughs> what did I do in the eighties?" Uh, we had a little bit of a racket going on where we were, had a marble theft ring. Right. Um, for some reason, I wasn't into marbles, which is strange for me because I liked sports and being competitive. Yeah, and you like tiny, uh, shiny things. Yeah, but I was into, I'm like a crow, um, but I was into stealing them with a couple of other friends. Right. Um, which it's a sm- tiny school. Like, it's like 100 kids at the school. <laughs> like, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get found out pretty quickly. I don't know if we ever did. Anyway. Anyway, back to the murders. Um <laughs> So yeah, we did, we discovered that uh yeah they're this teacher. We also discovered that maybe they're not that they weren't maybe the most beloved teacher. There's also 
we discover that Nathaniel Train had a heart attack at work and that he then left the education system. And so that started a round of conspiracy theory theorizing because they're like, oh, he had the jab. He got the jab, it gave him a heart attack, uh. and then he's quit. So they, at that point, they're, they're loving him. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's found out, you know, he's got on the jab, it's given him a heart attack, and now he's gotten so grumpy about the jab that he's, you know, been driven to murder. And they're like, they're sort of like, yeah, that's fair enough. What it t- what we discover a little bit later, though, is he didn't get the jab. So mm. he, he didn't get the vaccine. He refused the vaccine. Stacey Train, his sister-in-law slash ex-wife, uh, didn't get the vaccine. And so they were they were out of the education department. Sorry, did I miss something? So this is the other thing we discover about them is originally Stacy was married to Nathaniel and then she left him for his brother, Gareth, yes. and that that had led to sort of a big family split. Uh, but weirdly, the people you would expect to be the most split in the family weren't. Uh, you what would do you ex- mean? You would, well, you'd expect the, you know, Nathaniel and Gareth to never talk again, uh, but they're the ones entering a, a murder pact. But it was like it was, you know, like the dad was like, "I'm not going to talk to them anymore." Right. <laughs> I mean, you see what's going on, and you go, oh, "Actually, I'm out. I don't need to be involved with you kids anymore." It might have been a convenient excuse. So, was Nathaniel there? Yeah. So okay. He, when the when the police arrived to to see if Nathaniel's there, he was there, and he and his brother were were waiting with guns. So. The other thing we discover is that Gareth Train was a pretty sort of prolific commenter on conspiracy blogs, and that, that was like fairly quickly people found a lot of his comments, which were talking about yeah a lot of religious stuff, a lot of MK Ultra, hmm. but I don't think really getting into the nitty gritty of like CIA drug experiments. Uh, uh, just kind of like the concept of MK Ultra. Yeah, I, I I sort of get the feeling that he just felt that everyone was MK Ultra, like the whole world was MK Ultra, and that's why people didn't believe in his sort of specific religious ideas. Which I think is the way a lot of them talk about MK Ultra. They're like, yeah, they've put something in the water or whatever, mm. or on the spinach. And then, yeah, about three days, I, I I went for a big look to see what Gareth Train had put out there, and found all these comments and. A lot of his ideas, he, he had a real thing for the Jesuits, like the, the Catholic order. Uh, they were running the, the whole show. And to me, that's like sort of older gear. That's the sort of thing you'd get in a book that someone gives you in the street. <laughs> uh, it, it, his dad was like a, a preacher from way back. So I suspect a bunch of it comes from his dad, from his upbringing. But it sort of it did make sort of sense to me that... Uh, he didn't have a, this big social media profile. One of his comments was he, he felt that social media was like participating in a satanic ritual. So I think it's, you know, sort of like spinning a prayer wheel. Like when you were, when you were tweeting or if you went on Facebook, you were essentially, you were taking part in the process of Satanism. Mm. So it made sense to me that he wasn't on social media. And then on Thursday night, someone sent me a link to his YouTube channel. Right. Which I would say falls very much into the category of social media and as such is a bit on the satanic side. So I'm guessing the YouTube has been taken down. 
it has been taken down, but I, I watched all of his videos. Hmm. The most chilling thing was that they had a video that they put up after they'd committed the murders. Jesus. <laughs> Where they're, yeah, they're saying these devils came onto our property. They came to kill us, but we killed them. Again, not really addressing the fact that they just killed an, another random guy. Uh, but then they, uh, they're like, uh, uh, Don, we're coming home. They're talking to some guy called Don who is just like this insane Christian YouTuber from Arizona who they seem to have some sort of, they had like six subscribers. He has like 500. They seem to be in like a parasocial, a two-way parasocial relationship with this YouTuber. Like there's a lot of commenting back and forth on the videos. Yeah, the weird thing is I, I went like looking through the other people commenting on Don's videos and the other people commenting on their videos and there's all of these people that sounded exactly like them. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely insane people who are convinced the world's about to end and, you know, lock and load. When when you say completely, like, as in a specific kind of angle and uh, way of thinking about all this stuff, because, you know, people thinking the world's about to end and, and they're being watched in MKUltra is is huge. It's big business now. Yeah. But he's, he's saying there's kind of, they have a little pocket where they, they've got their own little thing, which is quite based in religion. Yeah. I think it's, it's a little community of people who think that the world's about to end, which is, you know, they're not far off, but the, they think it's like imminent. Like it's, I think people having apocalyptic thinking is probably the most common religious belief in the world. Hmm. Like, kind of uh, like the major theme yeah. of a lot of religions. I think that thinking that it, it could end any minute is sort of quite common in like evangelical circles. But there's, do you know what I mean? There's sort of a difference between thinking, oh, the world could end any minute and thinking, and that minute might be today. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, but I mean literally today. So I'm like... Uh, Am I making sense? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people who think, oh, that the world could end today, but they don't actually think it. Yeah, you know, they're, they're booking movie tickets. <laughs> they're, they're booking their Avatar 2 tickets at IMAX next week. Uh, I'm talking about people who like think, oh, right, it could be today, and I mm. actually think it's today. Mm. And, yeah, they seem to be part of a community that uh, we're all thinking like this. And, yeah, this Don guy, like, did videos after they murdered people. And, like, if someone gave you a shout-out in their, in their post-murder recap, I feel like, personally, myself, I would be going out there saying things like, I don't approve of that, that was wrong to do. He's not saying that stuff. Very much the opposite. Right. Hmm. One thing I saw that they had um, talked about in one of their videos was the um, New Zealand blood transfusion issue that's coming up yeah so this is the 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 baby baby i think it is yeah oh i don't think we can say his name baby w oh baby w i think everyone knows the name now though so it's um maybe it's passed anyway yeah he was because they were on Infowars recently uh his parents and so yeah he got i think that him and him and his wife were talking a bit about that was she is she his wife stacy yeah, Stacey was Gareth's wife. Okay. And previously, she, and previously Nathaniel's wife. 
Yeah, I was going to say, did she? She might have been his his partner, but she kept Nathaniel's name to make it easy. Well, they have the same name, Robbo. <laughs> That's what I mean. So, like, they, she might have never got married, but she still had the last name Train. Anyway, yeah. So they talked about this case, and I, I watched a little bit about this case just as a bit of a, an aside. And it's it's pretty sad, just the whole thing, really. Yeah, so th- for, this this for kid, people that don't know, Robbo, hmm. tell us so about this baby, baby case. Yeah, so the baby needed a. a heart transplant or, or heart surgery, sorry, um, and the parents decided it needed to be unvaccinated blood. And one of the reportings I said it was kind of, there was kind of this weird thing about it because the, the baby had had earlier surgery um, because, and, and they were fine with the blood at that time, and then suddenly they've all become, they've become really upset. And so it was it had to go to court, and eventually the court had to say, you need to, well, we're, we're taking control of, of your baby would it custodianship so they can have that surgery to to save its life and you know then that became the government's taking our kids off us to do nazi medical experiments which is almost a, a direct quote from um when they're on Infowars. i watched quite a bit oh a little bit of that i skipped through it and for some reason they were saying they've you know it's proven that this in court now that the the blood of a vaccinated person is a medical experiment which I think they're just twisting words, or they are just twisting words, no doubt. So, yeah, it's become one of those kind of flashpoints, which I don't think it'll be a big one for a while, you know, a long time. But, yeah, it's certainly becoming a case that, you know, New Zealand government taking kids away to perform experimental surgery on. Um, So you could see why a person like, um, well, the people like the trains would would latch onto that as being something that they want to rebel against. Yeah. Um, so that, I guess as a footnote, the the baby did have surgery, and by all accounts, it went really well. So that's good. Yeah, but there was this sort of there was a very emotional video of them taking the baby away to have the surgery, and the parents like screaming at them, you know, don't mm. <laughs> don't treat our baby. Mm. Uh, I think so. The, the trains did put up a video about this, and I think what they were saying in their video was that you know the, the parents were cowards. What they should have done is you know killed the cops. <laughs> Who are mm. taking the baby away? Basically, is uh, what they're saying. Or they should have fought them. And uh, well, cops in New Zealand don't don't carry guns, so yeah. So I've seen people saying, "Oh, it looked like you know this was like a, a trigger for them." I think it just sort of backed up what they thought. <clears throat> so the the impression I got from watching all of their YouTube videos and reading through the YouTube comments was they were sort of locked in on doing this for a little while. Like they decided. If anyone comes onto our, any any cops come onto our property, we're going to kill them. And that then, a couple of days before it happened, the New South Wales Police put up this notice on Facebook saying uh, we're looking for Nathaniel Train. You know, if anyone's seen him. And they, so at that point, they're like, oh, they're going to come looking for Nathaniel. And from that point, they've just been waiting for the cops to come, and that's why they saw them coming. Yeah. So the the Nathaniel thing, he that was. Was that intentional to to lure them? Well, so, w- w- yeah, that's one of the questions that's been going around is did they call in, you know, him as a missing person so that they could kill the cops who came looking for him? I don't think that happened. I think it's come out that the wife, ex-wife, yeah, his, Nathaniel's partner after Stacey had filed a missing persons report because they were worried about him going off the grid. But I, th- I think they, they saw that, People, the cops were looking for him, and so they were like, "All right, they're going to come, and if they cross onto our property, we're going to kill them." 
Hmm. But I think that I think they'd already made the decision. We're going to kill some cops, and there, it was at that point that they made the decision. All right, probably in the next few days, we're going to have to do that. Hmm. So, one of the questions that's coming up quite a bit is how did these fucking people have guns? <laughs> and the, the first thing that we learned was that uh, Nathaniel had had a firearms license in New South Wales and the, the Queensland cops didn't know that. And so, if they had known that, they might have treated the situation differently. They might have been a bit more careful when they mm-hmm. came to the property. And so, there's been a lot of calls for there to be like a national firearms register because it's all very separated at the moment. Then it comes out just a couple of days ago that uh, during COVID lockdowns, Nathaniel Train had crossed from New South Wales into Queensland, had broken through, you know, when they actually locked the border down uh, between Queensland and New South Wales. He had gone to one of like the unmanned gates, used an angle grinder to open it, driven his car through, but then it was also when there was flooding happening. So he he got through one lot of floodwaters. Robbo, never drive through floodwaters. You can't drive anyway, can you? No. But even you know that. Uh, We were driving through some floodwaters recently. Robbo. And turned back. Oh, Oh, good. Good job, Emma. Yeah. He drove through one lot of floodwaters and he was fine. So I guess, you know, it's fine. But then he drove through the next lot of floodwaters and the car got stuck in the river. Hmm. And then the the property owners of the the land he was on saw him. They've come out to, you know, help out. They've seen him, like, dumping stuff in the water. Uh, He got on the phone to somebody and spoke in what seemed like a bit of code to them. And then someone's come and picked him up. And he's left his car stuck there. Anyway, the flood recedes. And they find all of these loaded guns that had been dumped around the car. (laughs) Right. That's, That's what he'd been chucking out. And they tell the cops all this. Yeah, this guy crossed the border, has left his car there, and he was just packing a huge amount of heat. And we don't know what came of that, but uh, apparently they told him, you know, it's not a stolen car. It was his car that he <laughs> he, he got bogged. So don't nothing- leave all your Ill- their illegal guns. Well, so we don't know if the guns were illegal or legal, but it's definitely illegal to leave a loaded gun on the ground. Just laying around. <laughs> just scatter them around. Just scattered around. That's considered very illegal, I think. Did he think the floodwaters were going to... He'd heard all the warnings about floodwaters washing people away, and he's like, well, they'll, they'll wash my guns away as well. Yeah. They didn't. So now the, the the question we don't know is... And a lot of the conspiracy theorists are like, you know, why did they send four cops? So they sent two cops from one police station and two cops from another. And they're like, why did they send four cops? Did they know that these guys were dangerous? And if they did know they were dangerous, why did they send, like, rookie cops? Or, so for them, they're like, oh, you know, this was a setup from the beginning. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. They're like, they sent four cops because, they, they, you know, they, would go, they always meant for this to happen. But it's like, what are you saying? That they, they sent cops to get killed? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. The, the the question is, did though Queensland police know that these people had a shitload of guns because it was reported to them that they had a shitload of guns? Then the question is, you know, this guy's talking about always getting hassled by the cops. Was he always being hassled by the cops? Had they been doing a bunch of welfare checks on him? Or 
it should be the case that he was being hassled by the cops. Like, this guy <laughs> he crosses the border with a shitload of guns. You probably should be checking in on that guy. So if they weren't doing that and he's just crazy, why weren't they doing it? Um, okay, so there's still obviously a lot to come out about this. Uh, it is, do you, I mean, do, is there anything else to it that, that we need to know? Uh, no, I think that that's sort of the long and short of what's been going on. It's the, the weird thing is that it's sort of gotten a bunch of people to pick a position that I think, yeah, would be, have been unthinkable not too long ago. Like all of these conspiracy people remember during lockdown and like they get, they got touched up a little bit, right? (laughs) Uh, but for the most part, they got a fairly light touch. And now, just to clarify, you mean the cops gave them a bit of a belting so, in the streets? Yeah, the anti-lockdown protesters, they, they got touched up a little bit. Yeah. But I would say compared to the way that, uh, like, environmental protesters have been treated and, you know, other more worthy causes throughout the years, like, it was fairly light on. Especially mm. considering that they went pretty hard. You know, there was there were times when, and not to be a total bootlicker, but there were times when people were like just actively bashing cops at these protests. Yeah, mm. and they got let off pretty lightly. There's there have been a lot of people who would not be far from the trains politically or in terms of their capacity for violence who were getting treated fairly lightly at these things. Anyway. It didn't take much for them to go from at the start of the lockdown protest when they're like, oh, you know, we love the cops, come over to our side, guys, to a couple of years later being like, yeah, if you're a cop, you deserve to get shot. Mm. <laughs> I see people who've had the shit kicked out of them at lefty protests over the years who are like, you know, we need to reform the police or we need to abolish the police, but we definitely shouldn't be shooting them in the head. These guys, they they got pepper sprayed once and they're like, yeah, we've got to kill them. Yeah, you think of um, Indigenous activists um, and, and I guess Indigenous people being locked up in Australia and, yeah, that the escalation that happens now from these kind of cooked right-wing guys, they've just, they've just skipped, they've just fast-forwarded to, like, the most extreme without yeah, anything else. Yeah, they got, they got there real quick and without, yeah. without being touched up that much yeah yeah and you know they had it they got a bloody thrill they got a new community isn't that enough stick with your new community have you keep doing your little rallies on a saturday don't just get super violent with it so robbo we found a few conspiracy theorists talking about this on BitChute. Yep. Uh, one in particular i found Quite interesting. Yeah, this is a uh, Otis Moonlight, and I, I I just clicked on a whole bunch of videos to to just kind of crash course what some cookers were saying, um, and I came across Otis Moonlight, who is probably not your stereotypical conspiracy theorist in the sense that he's he's British and also a furry. Yeah, um, he's, he's a bad furry. He doesn't like the furry community. He says Doesn't the furry community I, are very intolerant, he says. Right. Oh, you watched one about LGBTQI plus yeah. issues. I tried to get a handle on – he's so boring. He's just one of these ones that's just not compelling. And the only reason you're, you're watching is because he's wearing a 
quite a well-made furry suit or fursuit. Mm. Um, I noticed he had multiple heads because I saw in another video he had different eyes. You know, I, I'm no expert, but it, it looks it looks good. It looks like he'd spent money on it. But he wasn't really compelling or saying much. Um, then I got distracted because I saw he had a video that was um, him talking about Richie from Boston, who's a name we might remember from, like, early episodes of the podcast. Mm. Uh, and I think Richie from Boston had called him out for something, and Otis was trying to be diplomatic, and he said, uh, you know, I'm tempted to call him shitty from Boston, but I won't. Um, and then I think he starts to go on about how I think Richie from Boston took issue with Otis, the furry, because Otis had said that people who didn't want the jab had had less normal lives than the rest of the population and that people from, um, you know, whose parents might have been divorced or, or from, um, you know, different not different, I guess, but families who are made up of, of you know, not uh, a mother and father was some were more likely to be anti-vax, and he's saying that wasn't normal. Yeah, so I think he was pro-vax, Otis the furry. But it's really hard to take someone who's saying like you know people from divorced homes aren't normal, uh, or like on face value that's not a not an okay thing to say. But also when he's wearing a fucking fur suit. Like, what are you talking about? I, I was really confusing, and I never got to the bottom of why him and Richie from Boston were were having a beef. And to be honest, I don't think I ever will. I think I've sp- I spent far too much time on it to get nowhere. <laughs> I think you have, like, a complicated idea about the vaccine because I think he was against the vaccine, but he, he had, like, a video called For and Against the Vaccine. This was weird, too, because he's on Bitrate. He's on Nazi YouTube, but he's using, like, all the code words. Like, he's calling it the smack scene and the whack scene. What are, like, you, what? Don't, you don't need to do that on Bitrate. They're not going to moderate you. <laughs> oh, okay. So, whack scene is a way to get around content moderation. Yeah. He wasn't saying it's a whack scene. He wasn't doing a portmanteau of, like, a whack thing. No. It's whack. Right. Okay. Also, in his video about the shooting, he was shooting it in his bathroom, and I think he was doing that so that he could be talking to the camera. Yes. But at the same time, in the mirror, you could see his tail wagging. <laughs> yes. Uh, he 100% has posed that so you could see the back of his first suit. That just seems a little insensitive. I mean, you want to put a bit of effort into the suit and the mechanics inside. Yeah, I didn't notice the tail, tail wagging. wagging. Just, just proud. Just proud of his handymanship. Well, yeah, and as I said, it was a, seemed to be a nice fursuit. Not as nice as the cat video that's going around of the person in the f- cat fursuit. Um, they look like they're working at a supermarket or something. And the video, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Twitter account or the tweet about it says, like, um, imagine if you're high and walked in and saw this. Because <laughs> it's like a really convincing cat human suit. Uh, quite funny. I'm just pulling up that video again and seeing if his tail was wagging automatically. No, I think he just sways. He's swaying from side to side as he talks. So, yeah, the the, the other sort of um, thing that's happened as a result of all of this is heaps of, like, the influencer class of the conspiracy theorists. So, like, David and Oneglio, or David Oneggs as he's known, and people like that who doesn't necessarily benefit them to be associated with uh, cop killings. 
but th- there's like heaps of people in their communities who are like pretty pro <laughs> that happening. Mm. When those, it's been pointed out, you know, you've got people in your Telegram chats who are saying this all the time. They're like, now they've come up with this idea, oh, infiltrators have came in and then they're setting us up. They'll, they'll post something and then they'll delete it so they can they get a screenshot of it and then they can say that we're condoning this, which would be, you know, fair enough to say if you hadn't had people for two years every day saying we want to kill cops, we want to kill nurses, we want to kill, you know, teachers, etc. Yeah, the, the whole movement's been calling out, calling for public executions since pretty much the start of it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I saw was uh, someone claiming predictive programming. Oh, yeah, uh, that's pretty good. And the, the predictive program was, uh, I think, the son of a New South Wales police accountant who was killed in New South Wales a few years ago, who was now a teacher, and he was giving a talk at some event. And it's like, so what's the predictive programming? I think it's just teacher, police, killed. Mm. It's supposed to, that's not predictive programming. That's You could take any event and say it was predictive programming if that was going to be as, as loosey-goosey as it needed to be. Yeah. That's, so, that's low effort predictive programming theory right there. Yeah. You, ne- you need to get Russian vids to watch six hours of wrestling and and tie that in not just a guy did a thing yeah and so, some of the words some of the proper nouns were the same yeah but they i don't know for me that's not good enough but they eat it up so who's to say i've just sorry i've just had a otis the furry video playing in the background and i've just spotted that in some videos maybe all of them he has a lapel mic that's clipped on to the fur <laughs> on the front of his jaw <laughs> So it's just kind of hanging off his, off the jaw of his suit. And in the background of this one, there's a, a painting of a lady furry in the very same, exact same sort of fursuit. I can only see half the painting. I can only assume that he's in the other half of the painting. But, yeah, it's just another final Otis the furry update for you. So, yeah, that's um, that's the situation as we understand it. Uh, I, I did almost consider like leaving this. I thought if we leave this for next year, like at the rate that things have been coming out in a few weeks, we'll have a completely different understanding of what led up to this. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, the the conspiracy world, and we'll talk about this in the news. Little teaser for the news: huge swathe of JFK files were dropped this week. I think all the files have been released. No one gives a shit. Mm. <laughs> Like the the conspiracy world is just completely, I don't know who cares. I think I saw one thing on on the Reddit conspiracy forum, and just nothing else. I saw um Tucker. I think Tucker Carlson did a story on it. Mm. Like I saw RFK being like, "Oh, finally some brave journalism." <laughs> All right. Well, shall we leave it there? Yes. All right. Uh, where can people find us online? We are on Twitter at Hypothopod. Have you set up a Mastodon for us yet, Robbo? No. Did you get Should on? I? Did you, did you get on bloody Twitter because we will get banned? Yeah. Did Did you get on Mastodon in the end? Me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Luke at Thick dot Social. <laughs> uh, Salty, where can I find you? Yeah, uh, the salt at Thick Horse. <laughs> That's right, Thick Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, uh, twitch.tv slash the salt. 
That's that is good enough. And you can get me at Sexenheimer at Mastodon dot lol. There you go. All right. Oh, um, I didn't actually say my Mastodon. I don't know how to say it. Luke at Mastodon dot nz. Do I follow you? Yeah. Remember, because I I set it up that I'd blocked you, and I was waiting for you like weeks for you to find out that I'd blocked you, and then for some reason you're like, oh, I just can't find you. I was like, oh right, that's how that's how blocking works. It doesn't come up to say that you've been blocked. Uh, we're also on Patreon, uh, Hypothabod, and thank you to Tammy, our cooked $33 sponsor. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, also, if you live in the South Island of New Zealand, you can buy my beer in most towns now. So, Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, pop, nice in, pop into your bottle shop. Uh, no, not in bottle shops. Oh, pop into you your superma- supermarket. In a supermarket? In what, in Countdown? Uh, actually, I don't think I'm in any Countdowns. I'm in most oh, New God. Worlds. <laughs> yeah, all right. Most New Worlds and Fresh Choices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is New Zealanders know what that is. Yeah, make a fresh choice and get Robert's. If you buy, if you buy a couple of my six pack, you get a couple of stickers, and you know what you're going to use those stickers for. Kiwis will understand. Uh, so yeah, make sure you check out Robo's beer. What's it called? VB. Uh, it's not called VB Cam. Come on, mate. Uh, Short jaw, short jaw. Check us out at Ten Linter Street in Westport. When you're travelling through, you're going to go to the Seal Colony. You're going to go get some pies, and you're going to come and visit me for a beer, and we can talk about what seals you saw. That's All right. bloody, that sounds like a bloody treat, if you ask me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm, it sounds like I'm being facetious, but that's a good day out. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a war.